Good afternoon. This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work for in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And today I'm again with my friend Dr. Cheryl Carthaus, a naturopathic doctor at East Coast Naturopathic in Bedford Commons. Last week, we talked about carbohydrates in our mini-nutrition series. Today, in episode 3 of this series, we are talking about a very important topic that many don't know much about, fats. Now, there's still the old saying about there, fat makes you fat, which sounded convincing when it was first coined in the 70s. But I think we learn more and more about that it is not that easy. Welcome, Cheryl, and uh, tell me a little bit about fats. What really is fat? It's not just our belly and looking fat, but what, what really is fat in our food? Thanks so much for having me on the show today, Christine. That is one of those important macromolecules like protein and carbohydrates that are one of those building blocks that we need in our body for so, so many different things. Pretty much every cell in the body needs it, every organ in the body needs it, and our brain definitely needs it. Yeah, I read our brain is, I think, 60% fat and a lot of cholesterol in the brain. It is, yeah, at least 60% fat, and that means all of the nerve tissue as well. So we have nerve cells running everywhere that you ever feel hot, cold, sharp pain, dull pain, pressure. Those are all nerve cells throughout our entire body and on the surface of our body and on the inside of our body, telling our muscles to move or not move and, you know, instructing every bit of our body and our organs to function. And those are all also made up of fat. So that's really interesting because many people are still caught in the low-fat craze of the 70s that is supposed to help with heart disease, but I'm not too sure about the way the, car the fats are portrayed. So maybe tell us a little bit about what fat really is. Yeah, so as I was saying, fat is one of those macromolecules that our body uses. There's a couple of different forms of fat around our body. Cholesterol is actually one of them, and we've heard that word thrown around a lot. A lot of people say, oh, I have high cholesterol, so they're often prescribed medicines such as statins. There are some other measures in the blood, actually, if we want to have mm. a look at that of what yeah. they of what we might look at in terms of fat, and these are all fat. It's cholesterol. There is LDL, which is low-density lipoprotein, and HDL, which is high-density lipoprotein, and there are triglycerides as well, and those are often the four that you would see on a blood test. That's the standard ones that we do here in Nova Scotia and mostly in the Western world. Uh, 
Let's see what is the difference between cholesterol and triglycerides. So cholesterol is a little bit of a different structure and how it's used in the body is very different. So cholesterol circulates around the body and it's used as a building block for every single cell. Our cells have these little coats around them, if you will, or a little, it's like a house and it has building blocks around the house. And cholesterol is one of the very, very important foundational bricks that make that house stable. So if we didn't have cholesterol, we wouldn't have cell membranes, which allow the insides to stay inside, the outside to stay outside, and as well as that communication from the outside to the inside and different things that go on allowing nutrients in and out and all of that function, cholesterol is a very important part of it. So what's then the difference between the good and the bad cholesterol that we are always told about? Uh, and uh, to, when we need cholesterol, why is it? Can it be bad? Mm -hmm. So part of the reasons that we do eat quite a bit of cholesterol in our diet, but that we also don't eliminate it. So in addition to needing cholesterol for our cells, we also need it for all of our hormone production. And so cholesterol is really important to be shuttled around. It's given to every single one of our cells and then it can be picked up. And when we are trying to eliminate it, it actually moves out through our bowels. So through our large intestine, and then we will eventually poop it out. But the body is also very resourceful at conserving cholesterol. So if we don't eat enough fiber and we have the wrong diet, then we keep building up and building up the cholesterol in our body instead of having it do this lovely cycle that it's meant to do where we eat a whole bunch of it and our body uses it, it gets rid of what it doesn't need, and that whole smooth cycle continues. So cholesterol is important and we learned lately that even the Canadian uh, nutritional recommendations include eggs now which contain cholesterol and were a long term long long while ago they were turned bad but they really are not and uh, what 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 do you think about the LDL that's often termed the bad cholesterol and the HDL what's often termed the good cholesterol just want to make a note of that comment you said about eggs. I actually just read a research study the other day that showed that free-range eggs can actually help to lower all of these types of levels and put us in a better position. Mm -hmm. And it's a great thing to do then to have free-range yeah. eggs. Free-range or pastured. Yeah, or pastured, mm, exactly. Wonderful. And they taste better. <laughs> they do. The yolks are so much brighter too. Mm -hmm. So LDL is the low-density lipoproteins, and those are the little shuttles that actually hold on to fat. So fat can't, and triglycerides are something that get floating or that gets passed around to different parts of our body because we also need these in every single one of our cells, and like our brain is made up of a lot of these and all of that sort of thing. So the LDL is actually a little protein and a cholesterol backbone that then holds on to all of these triglycerides in order to move them around the cell. The LDL are the delivery trucks. So without the LDL, we would never get the cholesterol and the triglycerides that we need to every single different cell in our body. So they're really, really important as that transporter truck. 
The HDL is a high-density lipoprotein, and that one is what goes around and mops up all of the extra little bits that are floating around in the precarious fats that might have gotten stuck somewhere or that are not where they should be. So when we have fat that is kind of floating around, these can cause plaque in our blood vessels. And that's where you get arthrosclerosis. That's when we have the risk of heart disease. And HDL are kind of this maintenance crew that goes around and mops up all of the blood vessels for and keeps it quite clean. So, so LDL, are they always bad or I heard there's different fractions of LDL? Yeah, there can be. And you can look at, typically they just will look at the, the LDL and overall level in your blood. But as I mentioned, the importance that it is a delivery truck and goes around and actually contributes the good things to the cells of what they need. The LDL is actually really important to have around. So it's definitely not always bad. I've heard that there's those small dense particles that's the bad ones and the large fluffy ones that's the big ones and there are certain labs that actually measure particle size so that's interesting to know although we don't do it here in Nova Scotia yet what about the triglycerides um, are they when necessary for the body and what do they do Yeah, triglycerides are also a very important part. So our brain is mostly made up of different triglycerides. And they can also act as a fuel source for the body. That's interesting now. And I think when people eat a lot of fat, it increases the cholesterol fractions. Does it also increase the triglycerides or is it more the sugars that increase it? Yeah, it's a great question. So as you mentioned before, typically fat doesn't make us fat. Sugar makes us fat. Mm -hmm. So eating an excess amount of calories will then cause the body to store all of those extra calories as fat and as triglycerides. So if we eat a lot of sugar, which tend to be very empty calories, especially if we're drinking soda pop and different things like that, it's calories that we wouldn't normally take in. And we're still eating the same amount usually when we're also drinking a lot of our sugar. So when we have all this excess we're floating around, it's actually what's turned into the triglycerides that are then stored as fat in our body. Hmm. That doesn't sound really, con uh, really good to have that. And I think uh, it is sometimes that they eat sugar and fat, like a classic birthday cake with icing that really contributes to obesity, even though it tastes good at the moment. And sugar also does... Uh, Uh, do to your brain the same that drugs will and cocaine do it. Many people don't know. And this brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 COE FM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more on fat with Dr. Cheryl Carthouse. Thank you.
and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm with today's guest, naturopathic doctor, Dr. Cheryl Cardhaus. In the first half, we were starting to talk about fats and what it is and a little bit about what it does in your body. In the second half, let's go a little bit more into the different categories of fat. Many people know about saturated and unsaturated fats and polyunsaturated and vegetable oils and how bad butter is and how bad this is and that is. Now, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about what really is each of them and what they do. Yeah, saturated fats. Typically, one way to identify them is that they're typically hard at room temperature. So that is going to be your butter because it's more of a solid compared to olive oil that is a liquid at room temperature. That would be also any of the modified vegetable oils are turned into a type of saturated fat. So that's like margarine and shortenings as well. Now, is that the same as trans fats or what's the difference? A lot of them actually do have quite a few trans fats in them. And just a note to remember or to keep your eye out is that Canada has actually put out a new mandate to get rid of all of the trans fats in our processed foods by September 2018. So we're really going to see a shift in that. Uh, part of my hesitation or what I'm looking out to see is that when we remove fats from food, people often will put in more sugar to still make it taste good. So keep your eye out for those labels that change and make sure that we keep our eye out as well for the amounts of sugar and other things that are going to be added into these foods to try and get rid of those trans fats. Wow, that is a really important consideration. I've seen that many foods that are labeled trans fat free either still contain small amounts or they contain something they call modified fats. Now, as far as I know, nobody knows what that really is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Typically, these are made either in a lab or they're fats that are modified in different ways. They likely are other forms of trans fats as well, but they just are not required to actually identify what form of fat it is on the labels by our labeling laws. Well, the laws, the labeling laws are not that good uh, in the whole of North America and probably worldwide. Let's talk a little bit about saturated and unsaturated fat. What do they do in your body and what kinds are there? Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about the unsaturated fat because mm -hmm. we talked about how to identify the saturated fat with knowing that it is more of a room or solid at room temperature. Mm -hmm. And the unsaturated fat are typically liquid at room temperature. So this includes your olive oil, all of your other vegetable oils that are liquid at room temperature. Flaxseed oil is a great option. Another part of something that we want to consider is, is this comes into um, back to the trans fat again, is that we want to make sure that the structure of the oil is in a good form. Um, and the more natural version of the fat, the more natural that form will be as well. Yeah, I always say the body is not used to factory-made products. It's used for millions of years to eat what's naturally out there. 
And uh, what do you think of uh, stuff like lard and tallow, which is saturated? And people really have a bad rap about that nowadays. Yeah, any of the ones that are animal-based aren't necessarily bad for us because they do come more from a natural form. So the tallow, lard, and even butter when it comes from more of a grass-fed source or pasteurized source, they're not necessarily bad. They taste delicious when you mix them into whatever you're cooking or baking. Um, it is, it can change some of the levels. Again, if we go back to our lipid profile of those measures that we look at in the blood, it is also something to consider that when we're actually looking at the blood, part of the reason we're doing that is to look at your risk for heart disease. And even some of those measures should be taken account with the whole picture that your health is in and what your activity levels are, your age and all that kind of stuff. So simply cutting out all saturated fats isn't necessarily required for people. Um, we want to make sure that we ha get a whole picture, which is really what I do in my naturopathic practice. And I know what you do as well as a whole as a health coach christine yes definitely we tell the people which ones are good and bad fats basically and uh, i feel that very unsaturated fats the cheap vegetables oils you can get a liter for three dollars imagine what you put in your car synthetic oil for twenty dollars a liter but in your body you put oil for three dollars a liter that's just something my peeve. <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of unsaturated fats have we? We have a lot heard about the omega-3, 6, 7, 9, 8, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is that? So these typically are fish oil-based fats. You can get them from vegetable sources as well. Flaxseed oil has some of these omega-3s and 6s in them. They're called omega-3 and 6. Again, we don't feel that realize, I think, how much of our language is actually based on some of the chemical structure of things. So the True. omega-3 and 6 are because that's where there is a double bond along the carbon chain that makes up the fat molecule. So they are kind of unsaturated fats. Right. So saturated, when we're looking at that structural component, actually has a hydrogen on each one of the carbons. And when they're unsaturated, it means that we have more double bonds in that chain of fatty acids and our body can do more with it. So some of them are actually called essential fatty acids, and that's the omega-3 and the omega-6 because our body cannot form these. So when we need to take some of our building blocks, reorganize them into build whatever structure is really important at the time, be it an immune cell or a nerve cell or something like that, we're able to take those basic blocks and basic tools and actually rebuild that. Well, when we get to omega-3s and omega-6s, we can't actually build those. So it's really important that we get them in our diet. So many people have heard that the omega-3s are good, the omega-6s are bad. So what's about that? Both of them are actually required, and we do need 
both of them. However, in our diet today, we typically eat a ratio of about 20 to 1 of omega-6. So that'd be 20 omega-6 to 1 omega-3s. And what we should be eating is a 1 to 1 ratio of 1 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. So that's where the focus kind of comes in is that we really focus on eating the omega-3s because we are already getting too much omega-6s. So where do those omega-6s typically come from that we eat? We are consuming a lot of them in meat products. They're in poultry. They are in eggs as well. There's some in nuts and there are some in plant-based oils as well, including canola and corn oil and soybean oil and sunflower oils. Yeah, and that is that is a problem because most of the cheap vegetable canola uh, even corn oil contains large amounts of toxins. They are chemically breached and they really have no nutritional value compared with real extra virgin olive oil, for example, which is mostly monounsaturated fat as far as I know, oleic acid, and is actually good for you because it also contains polyphenols. That's why it's green and it's good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very fascinating. And in the typical meat, that you get from concentrated animal feedlots, there's many more omega-6s to omega-3 than in grass-fed beef, which Mm -hmm. is quite interesting. There was, I was talking to an organic farmer, and there's some research that was done that if a cow is put into the pasture just seven days before going back to the slaughterhouse and then to be um, turned into meat that would be on our plates, there is a completely different profile to the meat than one that is only grain fed the whole mm-hmm. time. So even if we were to do as something as simple as that, if they're not pasteurized their whole life, but even to give them a week in the pasture mm-hmm. before actually turning them into food for ourselves, that would actually make a huge difference for that profile. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that is one solution, but I'm always a for keeping animals the way they're supposed to be. And of course, a cow is supposed to eat grass and not grain, but... Mm-hmm. We, we changed it all around, which I'm not a fan from. The healthier now, the animal, the healthier is our food. Exactly. Let's touch on some of those omega-3 oils and where we get those from. And that's often from our fish. So salmon, mackerel are great versions of this oil. You can get it in flax seeds and chia seeds, lots of different nuts like walnuts as well. And one of the acronyms that I use to help remember that is SMASH. So those are the fish that have higher omega oils, are sardines, mackerel, anchovies, salmon, and haddock. Hey, that's good. I like the SMASH. So you smash your health. (laughs) You make it healthy with the SMASH. And uh, let's finish with a short word on ketones. What is that? Is that a fat? Sure, we could talk a whole nother session about this. We have to, we have to. Ketones are broken down, they're a byproduct when our body breaks down fatty acids. So when it has no more carbs left to process, such as glucose, which is what we use for energy, and we start to break down fat as our only source of energy, our body produces ketones and it can put us in a state of what is called ketosis. 
So that's really interesting, and we'll talk about that in a later show, that the body can use ketones for energy, so we don't really depend on total glucose and sugars from our diet. We can get it through fats that the body makes into ketones, and then the ketones for energy. That's, that's right. Very, interesting. Very important for mm -hmm. people that may have epilepsy or a cancer diagnosis as well. Wow, yeah, that is that is so important. So just to wrap up, I wanted to make sure to get a couple points across so if you can take a few things home from our talk today. One is that we discussed a little bit about extra virgin olive oil and having one to two tablespoons a day can be very healthy and actually change your cholesterol profile on your lab. So that is something great to add in, making sure that it's raw as well. So if you're going to use extra virgin olive oil to make sure that's added to your food after cooking or just eat a tablespoon of it like that. Avoiding trans fats is really important, and those are in all of our processed foods. But as we know now, Health Canada is going to cut those out of the manufacturing process by next year. Eliminating sugar is really important then to cut down the type of fat that is stored in our body because sugar is such a high source of empty calories. And eating all of those fish that Uh, from the acronym SMASH, sardines, mackerel, anchovies, salmon, and haddock have a higher amount of omega-3 oils in them, as well as flaxseed does too. And one other thing I just wanted to mention before we wrap up is that the good fats are really required to absorb certain nutrients and vitamins, like vitamin A and vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. And those are all important for healthy skin, for a healthy immune system, for our vision, for uh, our cell membranes, and also for our bones. Wow, that is a great thought to end this today's show. Thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl Carthouse, for being on today's show. Very interesting. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Dr. Cheryl Carthouse, my email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca. I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. Thank you all for listening to today's show, Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon at 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca at 12 noon for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.